Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome to you. Thank you for joining me today. I'd like for us to consider in our study today the Yeshua, Son of David, study exploring Matthew's Gospel, and we are in Lesson 38, The Recognizable Lord. The Recognizable Lord. Matthew continues giving us the account of Jesus' life and ministry, sharing various events and experiences to reveal how Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah of Israel, the Son of David, fulfilling the prophecies of old. Now we will look at two other ways this is proven true as we see Jesus as the recognizable Lord. I want us to begin in Matthew chapter 14. We're going to read the remainder of the chapter, beginning in verse 22 of Matthew chapter 14. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent out into all that surrounding region, brought to him all who were sick, and begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it were made perfectly well. Here we see two examples of Jesus' lordship one over the waters of the Sea of Galilee, and the other from testimony of a healed person who drew others in the town to come and see Jesus. Now, we want to talk about these two events. The first one is somewhat well known, Jesus walking on the water. In this context, let's take it and understand it. Jesus has had a very busy time of ministry of late. There were constant needs, and he would stop and have compassion on them and meet their needs. Even after learning of John's beheading and his death, Jesus still continued in ministry. He fed 5,000, and now it was growing very late in the day. It was an a tiring and exhausting ministry day for any, and so Jesus is sending the multitudes away. Then he, he sends his disciples in the boat to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee and he sends the multitudes away. And then Jesus retreats to a mountain that was there alone. 
and he retreats there so that he could pray and gain some respite. He was alone there, and it was the evening. Most likely, it was the beginning of the first watch of the night, around 6 p.m. or so. Jesus then prays and rests with his Father until the third watch of the night, which was around 3 a.m. Then the disciples were in the boat in the middle of the lake, and they were tossed by contrary waves and winds against them. It's the fourth watch of the night, and Jesus goes to them, walking on the sea. Walking on the sea. He did not levitate or do any of those evil things. He was walking on the sea, as if on a hard floor. This was a miracle. He was not sinking. It was a miracle. The disciples see him, and then they are frightened. They are scared. They think it's some kind of spirit. Jesus then calls to them, and he tells them, Be of good cheer. It's me. You don't have to be afraid. All is well. So Peter, now Peter gets a bad rap a lot of times. Peter is very impetuous. He kind of jumps in and, and sometimes puts his foot in his mouth, and but sometimes he gets everything exactly right. And so Peter jumps in again, and he asks Jesus to invite him to walk on the water also. So Jesus calls out to him, and Peter then gets out of the boat, has enough faith to get out of the boat, and he begins to walk on the water because Jesus has given that miracle to him, has granted him that ability in this moment. So Peter walks on the water for a little bit, but then Peter begins to look around to the circumstances and he gets afraid of the conditions that he sees in the natural, forgetting that he was just allowed a miracle in the Lord's presence. So he starts to sink at this point, and Jesus grabs him and saves him, but then he challenges his lack of faith. Now remember, there's a reason why Jesus would ask Peter, why did you doubt? Because Peter has now been with Jesus for quite some time. He's seen great miracles already, including an earlier time when Jesus calmed the sea in a similar storm. And we read about it back in Matthew, I believe it's in Matthew chapter 8. And so Peter arrives safely back in the boat as Jesus leads him back and they get back in the boat. The wind immediately ceases. The recognizable Lord was master over the sea, the wind, and the waves, just like the Tanakh, the Hebrew scriptures of old, the Old Testament, proved him to be and said so. And I want us to look at some of those places today. We're going to look first at Psalm 33, verse 7. Psalm 33, 7 says, He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap, he lays up the deep in storehouses. Next, I'd like to look at Psalm 95, verse 5. Psalm 95, verse 5 says, The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Psalm 72, verse 8 says, He shall have dominion also from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. Psalm 93, verse 4 says, the Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty waves of the sea. And Psalm 89 verse 9 says, 
You, speaking of God, rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. And then I want to look at Job chapter 26 and verse 12. And it says this, He stirs up the sea with his power, and by his understanding he breaks up the storm. All of these testify from the Old Testament of the fact that only God the Lord, the Lord God, rules the sea. He owns the sea, he created the sea, and he has dominion over it and its waves. Only the Lord can do that. But there's more in the Old Testament prophecies that even tie to this specific event here where Jesus is walking on the water. I'd like for us to look next at Isaiah chapter 43, verse 16. And it says this, Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. I'm going to read that again. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. Then let's look at Psalm again in Psalm 77 verse 19. And Psalm 77 verse 19 says, Your way was in the sea, your path in the great waters, and your footsteps were not known. And then in Job, in Job chapter 9, I want to read beginning in verse 4 and read through verse 8. God is wise in heart and mighty in strength. Who has hardened himself against him and prospered? He removes the mountains, and they do not know when he overturns them in his anger. He shakes the earth out of its place, and its pillars tremble. He commands the sun, and it does not rise. He seals off the stars. He alone spreads out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. Verse 8 again of Job chapter 9. He alone spreads out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. And then in Job 38, verse 16, God is speaking here and he says, Have you entered the springs of the sea or have you walked in search of the depths? God never misses a beat when he is fulfilling prophecy. Even these obscure prophetic words from the Hebrew scriptures are now fulfilled and witnessed by these disciples on the Sea of Galilee in the middle of the night. These scriptures that we just read about him treading on the waves of the sea and walking in search of the depths of the sea, walking on the waters, even these obscure prophetic words from the Hebrew scriptures now have been fulfilled and are being witnessed by these disciples in the middle of the night on the Sea of Galilee. No wonder they cry out in Matthew chapter 14, verse 33, Truly you are the Son of God. Truly Jesus is the Son of God, attested by these disciples' cry and testified by the scriptures from the Tanakh, from the Old Testament that we just read. He was recognizable because of the prophecies and testimonies of the Old Testament authors. Job, Psalmists, and Isaiah all prophesied and all attested to the fact that he is the Lord who can tread on the waves of the sea. The second example here in Matthew 14 where we see 
Jesus as the recognizable Lord. He is the one who comes back to the land of the Gadarenes in Gennesaret. And he is welcomed there this time. Remember the first time he came and he healed a demoniac. And remember the demoniac begged him to let him go with him. But Jesus told him, he said, no, you stay here and you be my evangelist. We've read that already in Matthew chapter 8, verse 33 through 34, where that man begged God. He asked if he could become a disciple and go with Jesus in his ministry. But Jesus said, no, you've got a ministry right here. I want you to go to your people here in your hometown and tell them all what God has done for you, the great things God has done for you. Now let's see what happened with that and how it affected the people of his hometown and homeland area. In Luke chapter 8, I want to read verse 38 and 39. In Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 38, Now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him. In other words, he wanted to go with Jesus. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. So this previous demoniac, who has now been freed and healed by Jesus, evangelizes the whole area from which he was, the the land of the Gadarenes, the Decapolis area. Now, because of his testimony and his witness in that land, when Jesus comes, recorded for us here in Matthew chapter 14 that we just read a little bit ago, this made Jesus recognizable to the people in this area. And now Jesus was welcomed. The first time he came and healed that demoniac and he sent him back to evangelize for him. The people of the town came out and they begged him to leave that town. But now Jesus is coming back and now he's welcomed because he's been recognizable because of the testimony of this man. He's not driven away this time. I want us to look in Mark and I just want to read and reiterate this from Mark's gospel. In Mark chapter 5, verse 19 and 20, and then I want to read a few scriptures in Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 5, verse 19 through 20. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you, and how he has had compassion on you. And he, this previous demoniac that was now freed by Jesus, departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him, and all marveled. Now in Mark chapter 6, beginning in verse 53, we read Mark's testimony of what we just read in Matthew chapter 14. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him, ran through that whole surrounding region, and began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he entered, into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. So here Jesus comes back and is recognized now. I want to close us out as we think upon this for a moment. The demon-possessed man 
had now been healed and freed by Jesus. And from the time that Jesus healed and freed him, he became a disciple in his own land. He became a witness for Jesus in his hometown area. And now people are drawn to Jesus, which is exactly what a disciple is supposed to do. Just like John the Baptist in John chapter 1, verse 29, pointed to Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb. Our job as disciples of the Lord Jesus today is to point people to Jesus so that people will be drawn to him. That's what a disciple is supposed to do. And that's what this man did after he was freed from those demons that had possessed him. Once he received true freedom and deliverance from the Lord, he began to be a witness for Jesus. And many in that town and in that area received Jesus. I want you to be encouraged, my friend, that because of you and your witness for Jesus, if you're a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, a follower of him, who knows how many you may draw to Jesus. Others might be drawn to him through you. In both instances here in Matthew 14, we see Jesus shown by Matthew to be the recognizable Lord. First, from the Old Testament scriptures that had spoken about him and his fulfillment of those, and second, from the witness of this one man in his homeland. He is the recognizable Lord. I pray that this has been a blessing to you and you can join us again for future messages from Covenant Truth Ministries and in this series. And I pray that the Lord will bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen.